Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. We are here in Abu Dhabi with uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Matthew, what's going on? Not much. Do you go? <laughs> is it Matthew 100 percent of the time? Do you go? No, by no, 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 Matt. You go Matt, by Matt? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like formally in tournaments, definitely. do you go Matthew? Matt. No, no, no. Oh, no. Matt. Oh, okay. Matt. Matthew. Matt. If I'm in trouble with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're here in Abu Dhabi. You've been coming here for a while. What do you look forward to when you come to this part of the world for golf? Uh, it's it's mainly the weather. You know, it's it's pretty still there's not that much wind um the sun is always out you know it's good temperature um it's pretty much like the perfect place for golf i know everyone says palm springs in the states is is like probably similar so but that's that's what it feels like when it comes here everything's in great shape and um yeah that's the that's the main thing you know you get two weeks of good weather a lot of english people come to the uae in general yeah. we went we were on a tour last night and it was like four british girls like on oh this. really so, yeah just i mean it was like yeah it's a quick seven hour flight I was like, yeah it's not that close. well yeah, yeah no but that's the thing like i don't know whether the flights are, are cheap or what but i know there's a lot of british people out here i've got a few friends that work out here and stuff so what do you remember about like the first time you came here was there much culture shock or is it it's funny i actually came here on holiday with my parents in about i think it was like oh four and i mean there was just it was just desert and no buildings and i mean we, we were in dubai not abu dhabi um but like literally you had to get a car everywhere you couldn't walk anywhere there was nowhere really to go we just went to this place called dubai creek we mainly went there for dinner because there was like nothing else going on you know eating in the hotel and um yeah it was just literally desert so you've seen kind of the yeah progression the, yeah really i mean i didn't remember much from 04 but like when i first came back again in about i think it was 2014 um and 2014 it was just you know it just changed massively so what do you do? Do you, are you social during a week like this? Do you do like any cultural things? Do you, what do you eat no. when you come here? Nothing. No, Players I'm terrible. Are just terrible stick to the hotel. The yeah, whole time. I'm terrible. I mean, like a place like this, it doesn't, you know, I wouldn't really, I don't, I wouldn't know where to start culturally. I mean, obviously there's the, the mosque and stuff that uh, is pretty cool, but, um, yeah, a place like this, I wouldn't. But, you know, if I was in Paris, I'd probably go out, you know, or Czech Republic is pretty cool as well. So, Prague, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's Prague. a good place to go out. Yeah. What do you do? What What is, how are things different like this week on tour to compare to a normal European tour stop? There's not really a normal European tour no, stop. No, there isn't. Yeah. There isn't. Uh, I don't know how many you've been to, but uh, this is like pretty out of the norm, though, as well. You know, you, you can't walk anywhere. You can't just like leave the hotel and and go for dinner. You you gotta get a taxi or you eat in the hotel. Um, that's that's probably the biggest thing. Is literally you can't just like walk down the street to a restaurant. It's yeah. it's a it's a ten minute cab ride to a bunch of restaurants or another hotel. You know for for dinner. That's what we we were really interested to come out here just because we'd never been to the Middle East one and it's oh, kind really? of turned okay, cool. into such a golfing hub. Like yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of the corners of the world when Absolutely. it comes to golf and kind of just curious to see uh, how things go out here. But uh, I want to get kind of talk a, a lot of things with you, want to get into kind of your background and stuff. But 
we, we, so I, I used to live in Chicago, so I'm oh, curious nice, about your Northwestern nice. okay, days. Cool, but cool. What were you, did you just party too hard one quarter <laughs> in Northwestern? You were I wish I was that much of a party animal, <laughs> but I'm really not. Um, no, I, I loved it. The school was just too difficult. Like it really? was just too difficult. <laughs> That's I mean, what it was? yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really get in on off my brains, you know, <laughs> but I, it was definitely more golf and ability that, that got me in. So, um, yeah, that again. I loved playing playing for Coach Goss, I guess. In uh, you know, and, and David Ingalls there. It was um, it was great while I was there. You know, and, and I made some great friends. Like you've probably seen social media. I've I've been back a ton to to see all those guys while they were still in college and. Um, Chicago as a city is awesome as well. Right. So I thought I figured it was just like way too cold, and you you saw the that winter too. for the first time. And yeah, you were, you were that out too. I, I I picked a great time to leave. Literally that. The January after was the the record lows. Like it was ridiculous. So Siberia. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get to Northwestern in the first place? What what drew you? Um, a couple of mainly good academics. Uh, my dad was always sort of like get a degree, something to fall back on if the golf doesn't work out. Um, and then the other thing was was Pat himself, Pat Goss. So um, I knew obviously Coach Luke, and he was a good good golf coach, and I knew my coaches Mike Walker and Pete Cowan knew him um they they spoke highly of him um in terms of and you knew what he was doing you know I, I know a lot of these coaches are sort of tend to be more managers than actual swing coaches um so I, I felt it was a good thing to have that if I was really struggling um and to be honest like I, I had a little bit of interest from a few others but but not you were masses. kind of an unknown coming from yeah a, l- a little bit yeah and then all of a sudden, I won the British Boys, mm-hmm. um, which is like US Junior Am, and um, all of a sudden, Stanford are in touch, and Cal Berkeley are in touch, and yeah. all these other schools are, have suddenly got in touch. And by that point, it was too late. I'd, I'd already, I was just about to sign for. Was well, your I think dad? Signed, maybe. Was your dad like crushed when you were like, "Hey, I don't really want to do this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think a little bit. I, you know, I mean, he's always been. They've always been great. My mom and dad yeah. are like really supportive in whatever I do. But that was the big thing. I think the the good thing was Mike and Pete persuaded him that he, they he, they said I was good enough to make oh. it. So um, I think they they sold it to him that it was gonna be it was kind of gonna be all right. So did you have an oh shit moment like along the way, like, <laughs> like your first midterm? Or your first... Uh, yes, many a times. Yeah, <laughs> many a times. Um, like my current girlfriend, I met her there, obviously, and we were in the same uh, intro to psych class, and it was like the my student advisor was like, "Yeah, this is a great class to get you started." You know, is pretty basic you know mm. you get going and, and like first few lectures I, I sort of kind of got the gist of what was going on and then literally was like yeah this is what you need to study and like i'm studying with my girlfriend and i'm, I'm like what like this doesn't nothing, make any nothing sense lecture, nothing right? going in <laughs> nothing at all I'm, I'm reading note after note nothing's going in and then we take this test and i was just like i have no idea and then i can't even yeah. remember my grades after the first how many uh, how many tournaments did you play in that that semester? Uh, play five, five. Yeah, okay, five. so that's a lot of travel. So it was too. good. Yeah, 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 that's a big yeah. that's a big adjustment. But we actually age. we only it was kind of good though in a way we played we played um, 
Where did we play? Play Olympia Fields, which is only an hour away, and then we played our home tournament. So two of those okay. were like. And then your home course at Northwestern was what? A, a mix. It was actually it's called the Glen Club, where the main mm-hmm. practice facility is. But I mean, we played North Shore, Lake Shore. Um, where else? Lots of different places, basically. There's too much so, good golf. Yeah, there's quite, there is quite a bit. There's quite a bit. So what what was the timeline for when you committed to Northwestern? You won the USAM in 13, yeah. right? And then you went to school that fall. Had you already yeah. committed to Northwestern like way in advance of that? Did the US amateur win change kind of your career yeah. path? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is really bad, but like I didn't really know much about the u.s amateur in a way like my dad is like a golf perf really like that's the best way of putting it you know he he knows everything about the amateur game the professional game knows all how to work out world rankings you name it so like he entered me and he's like you know we'll we'll go it's in boston great city great experience and then um we'll have like four days in new york at the end you know you might not get through the the uh the stroke play no joke this either um and then and we'll take it from there anyway, obviously managed to get through, kept on kept on going all right and managed to win the thing. So it was a little bit uh, from left field Unexpected, and then yeah. exactly. And then played World Cup, go to school and, and it all happened really fast because I never really got, I got a week at home almost before I went to Walker Cup to really sort of get to grips with what's going on. But I, it wasn't enough really. I didn't, you know, it just, it just happened and I was just there and I was just thrown right in. So um, it was probably a good thing in a way, so I wasn't like mm, not really sure about this anymore. But um, that's a pretty crazy course to kind of win sight yeah. unseen. <laughs> I lived in Boston for the last last two years. Oh, nice! And uh, I was lucky enough to go out there one day, and just I was so blown away at how small the greens are. Yeah, there. I mean, it, I mean, it suits your game. Yeah, very it, very well. I mean, it, it was it was that week. The condition was awesome. Just fairways, pure like tight tight fairways and then the greens were firm fast miss the green tough up and down mm-hmm. miss it on the wrong side like your dad is anybody that you went up against in match play that has kind of made it onto the world stage or, or are they still kind of trickling through um in the, my whole amateur no, sort of stuff just or? just in that that usam, that USAM. Yeah. um not that i went up against i don't think i i know i played i played gavin hall Okay. who played for Texas mm-hmm. and he won the junior players like quite a few years before that. And I remember like, he won it by like five and he hit so far. It was unbelievable. Like 30 by me. I mean, I was like 17 or something. So when I got drawn against him, I was sort of like, this kid's really good, you know, see what, but just wasn't his course. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it was, it was tight and, um, I just ended up holding every single part I looked at, so it kind of helped me along the way. So Walker Cup 2013, we wanted to ask about National Golf Links. Okay. What was it like to compete like on such an amazingly historic course? Yeah. Did you have an appreciation for it at the time, or do you? Not, not, no? not really. I, I have now. I'm lucky enough I've got two really good friend, like family friends that are members there. So I've played it quite a bit since. Um had the special lunch there that they they call so they they love that Ted actually says that uh, Ted my manager actually said that they bring out um lobsters like bread rolls which is which is crazy so um but no i mean like to play with your friends i think it's a fantastic golf course you know you're always in the hole you're never really going to lose a ball 
um some some funky greens but like it kind of let me down as as a tour, as a competition course because i just i just felt like it was you could just smash it mm-hmm. long and far um technology is not yeah exactly you know you could do it and and anywhere you know you go hit it wide and um that was sort of helpful for for those guys because they were just bigger and longer than us another topic we wanted to discuss with you like kind of you're you're what you're 510 155 160 yeah, i don't know no, pounds. That's, that's pounds that's, yeah, that's, pounds. <laughs> that's right um just kind of being one of the guys on tour that isn't like known as a bomber yeah do you is there a big difference between european tour and pga tour setups in that regard and do you do you, do you truly feel like you're at a disadvantage when you do tee it up against those bombers um i think so you know i think like i'm big into statistics and everything and all the strokes gain stuff and um I think that's one thing that you know there's there's a absolutely such an advantage by hitting it 320 through the air like Rory and DJ and John Rahm and all those guys and there is no doubt about that there's a massive advantage but um I did some work towards the end of the year where putting together some form of a bit of a chart on the difference between fairways hit and and missing and you know I tried sort of PGA and Bridgestone time to move the ball up and, and try and get a little bit more carry, um, which I did, and I was carrying it 10, 15 yards further just by doing that and changing shaft, but it was going left, right, everywhere. You know, it was it was really bad. So uh, we sort of sat down after that with my team and sort of put this worked out this chart on, on sort of fairways hit rather than length. Um, did that at the back end of the year and, and had like, eight top 50 yeah eight top 15s in a row yeah so well also oh, so just looking at that i was gonna ask about the, the omega european masters just because yeah. that looks like like yeah. you win you win cool tournaments man. yeah <laughs> thank you yeah uh, you got that one you've got the nordea um you got the 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 am at uh at uh, the golf club or at, at, at the country club yeah. and then Really, you kind of sold your performance short at at national golf links too. Yeah, you went three and one. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so like, wasn't wasn't. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So I mean, it was it was pretty quick results yeah. after switching things back. Yeah, then and you just and it, was, that, it was literally just ball position. It was like, yeah. I mean, what what was funny like growing up where I played at Hallamshire Golf Club, like it was just always windy, always hilly, you know. So we. All, I always had to keep it down, like mm-hmm. lots of back foot shots, and my attack angle just naturally was probably with driver. It was like four or five on the down, um, so it's something we've always looked at and and sort of kept an eye on. And then, literally, I did probably a month of moving it up, just literally keeping it up and hitting up mm-hmm. on it, and then all of a sudden it went from like minus five to plus five. So obviously it's stupidly drastic one extreme to the other yeah exactly yeah. so it's stupidly drastic but then when we just sort of said right well just go what feels comfortable i did that and like it it obviously somehow averaged out then at like plus one which is great because mm-hmm. now that's a pretty decent attack angle and you can obviously increase that and it still feels pretty natural to me so yeah um so going back to just looking at you, t- you seem to play really well at augusta too minus the second round yeah yeah <laughs> it's like second was, round's kind of uh, had your number but otherwise you've been right in the mix um yeah i love the place you know like i've spent 
a ton of time there when I was got the chance as an amateur and then first year as a pro and last year I just think it's a place where we're so lucky to get invited and go and play you know you've got to make the most of it I know so, guys that have, so when you played as an amateur did you stay in the crow's nest yeah I did yeah you I did, did one night okay. I only did one night yeah okay. so um, that was fun and oh, then had well, you seen it prior to showing up on Sunday or Monday or of the tournament of the as tournament an amateur week? yeah I, I went like two weeks before okay yeah and, and spent like four days in a row it's there. drastically different then yeah. right I mean it's unbelievable it's <laughs> like I played again last year I went and played the Saturday Sunday and it, they'd had a bad storm mm-hmm. it was really wet the greens were soaked spinning back and everything you turn up Thursday morning and it's just like pitching on this table here. Yeah. so yeah. Uh, and then so so going back to your kind of that that charting the statistics you found that there was there was enough of an advantage to be had by hitting fairways yeah Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I spoke to this this stats guy that um, I actually met who, who works for sort of TaylorMade, and basically, yeah, average fairway hit you get in ten to fifteen yards extra roll. Mm-hmm. So have that, and then two extra fairways it equated to like two extra fairways on top of what you already hit, which is like a gain of one point three, which. I was like averaging minus naught point something. Okay. Was it different on the Euro tour versus the PGA tour? Like, was there a disparity um, between it being more advantageous to hit fairways on one or the other? No. Well, it was kind of the back end of the year. So I've not really seen the Big proof. Yeah. Size, I've yeah. not seen the proof yet, but um, I know playing the US PGA, well, at um, Quail Hollow this year, uh, last year was absolutely brutal. So. <laughs> Was um, so I remember uh, it was actually last last summer in Scotland. Uh, I remember seeing you. I forget the name of the restaurant. I want to say like Lido or something like that. I remember seeing you walk out of the restaurant carrying your TrackMan. So is that is that thing just oh, with really? you? <laughs> <laughs> Are you oh, that, where did I? Where was Scottish Open? I think it? it was in. Uh, it was at Dundonald. So we oh, were in where did uh, we near Troon. It was like somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I maybe DJ was tight with his track man, but that's, yeah. that's like <laughs> I, I, I think I tried to. Yeah. Say, I was laughing. So yeah. Hard. Well, like, to be fair though, we've had some bad instances with my track man. Yeah. Like we, it has been left in some terrible places. Like the one most recently, like was South Africa. It was Joburg Airport. Like Joburg's not like the safest place. Right. Everyone knows that. And I checked in, and that was in like a separate hand luggage piece and literally me and ted are just walking to dinner like yeah let's just go get some dinner and then i get there and i've just gone oh shit (laughs) and like literally i'm sprinting back there because i mean it could be gone you don't know those are expensive yeah well exactly so i'm sprinting and i get there and fortunately for some reason i see two other players that I know, but they didn't ask any questions why I was like dying and out of breath. And I just sort of slowly walked away, wheeling my hand luggage with this trap man in that no one had touched. And I was just so grateful that it was still there. A year ago, Callaway debuted their revolutionary ball speed technology, jailbreak in Epic Drivers. 
Golfers everywhere immediately noticed unbelievable gains, and as a result, it was somehow the best-selling driver every single month in 2017. Uh, I can speak from experience on this because I played the Epic all year long, and it was unquestionably the best club I've ever hit. You've definitely heard me say that on this podcast many times. Uh, well, today, Callaway just unveiled their all-new Rogue drivers with enhanced jailbreak technology for incredible distance and, and, and new, more forgiving head shapes. You can choose from three options. The Rogue Standard, which is a 460cc head that will benefit uh, a wide range of players. And of course, the Rogue Sub-Zero for golfers seeking extreme low spin and tour level shape. Uh, that's the one I'm going to be playing. And then, of course, you could have the Rogue Draw, which is this is for golfers who are struggling with a slice and need every bit of draw promoting technology there is. As you can expect with Callaway, their content team is all over this, and they've built out an interactive landing page on their site that you must see. Go to callawaygolf.com slash jailbreak uh, for tech breakaparts, shaft options, videos, photos. It's everything. So callawaygolf.com slash jailbreak, the new road driver from Callaway, the number one driver in golf. So are you are you pretty are you pretty married to the TrackMan or is how often are you using it is it is it a key key tool for you Yeah it is I mean it, it's something more obviously everyone knows that now DJ's been just hammering his numbers you know obviously he's got this love affair of the, apparently with this TrackMan so it's all they talk about yeah. the coverage in the state <laughs> it's, it's it's so become like a running running meme So it's like DJ's friends with the TrackMan Jordan and, and Justin are friends <laughs> and that's it that's uh, that's all the media. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But yeah, I mean, it's more my fear of losing it than anything. I think. Then <laughs> that's why you're using it every yeah, day. Yeah, exactly, sure exactly. I j- but I didn't even tell the best story. I just remembered the the best story with the trap man. Uh, left it in a rental car at JFK. I then got in a taxi with my girlfriend to go to LaGuardia. Got to LaGuardia. Realized it's in the rental car JFK. Fortunately, flights delayed. Get in a taxi. Go back. Pick it up. Get back to LaGuardia, make my flight with the trap man. So I don't sure. I'm not sure. I I totally ever realized that pe- you were responsible for buying your own track man. <laughs> yeah. I, I just assumed track man was like either just sponsored by the tours or they had representatives out there. Be, that'd be nice. That'd yeah. be nice. Uh, I wouldn't I mean, have they, to worry. They bring technicians out to the tournaments, right? Yeah, and help you with yeah, it and everything. Do, okay, yeah. but you're it's fully operational on your own too, and you can hook it up to your Absolutely, phone. Yeah. yeah. Um. So going back to, we started talking about the Masters going out of order here, but I want to know was something like the first Masters you played in, what was something that surprised you? Uh, I think just seeing the course itself, you know, you stand on top of, I don't know, have you, you guys been mm-hmm. before? Yeah, so you stand the other side of the clubhouse, and I, I was there when it was just empty, and there's just literally no one on the course, and you just don't realize how much, um, what's the word? Like elevation, right? That's the worst. That's the first uh, how thing. Much elevation there is. Number ten you is know, like a ski slope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, literally, you stood at the top, and then you can see all the way down to I want to say fifteen, almost, kind of, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So when you you turned pro in 2014 after the U.S. Open, you bypassed your entry into the Open Championship as yeah. a U.S. Amateur. Yeah. Um, what 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 made that timing make the most sense for you, or why that particular timing? Um, I'd qualified for the Open the year before, so I'd played the op- the Open before. So that was, I think, if I hadn't have played that, I would have I would have stayed and and because it's like one played. month difference, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I think because I'd done it before, it was like. You know, there's a good run of events. There was Irish, Scottish, French. Um, and then at the time, I'd managed to get invites for all of those. Um, and 
it was good money opportunity really you know you never know you have those you have three good starts there three top tens and, and you're close to getting your cards so. and then you go straight to the challenge tour kind of this, that second half of the yeah, season right I'd, I'd not made enough money out of the starts that I had yeah. and, and then got on challenge tour and sort of kicked on really fast and, and played played really well and had some good finishes so i've always i've always been kind of you know we talked a lot of web, uh, pga tour guys that come through the web and kind of the, the praises they sing for like that part of the process yeah, and yeah. learning to be a professional was that challenge tour experience like pretty integral in your success or were you kind um, of like ready to get ready to graduate pretty a quickly little bit. i think more the sec- more the more the latter really you know i, I think uh, the courses aren't set up out there as they are here you know I, i'm Good friends with David Lipsky. I've never played web.com, but I'll never... Pat Goss told me a story about David calling him, doing, you know, he'd do all these drills on your dispersion and all this short game drills. And he rings Pat and says, all that shit you taught me is absolutely effing useless. (laughs) You know, all these guys do is get driver out every hole, hit as far as they can, fire every single flag and make every single port. And that, like this what use is this to me so i i don't know whether it's like that i mean on challenge tour it wasn't that drastic but i know you've got to you've got to shoot low scores to there's more variables out there too with the conditioning so So, uh how many challenge tour events did you play i think i played about i think played eight okay yeah and you what what was the craziest place you played because like like (laughs) we've got a friend back in jacksonville chris baker who he, he he played the challenge tour one year i think and he was telling us about going to the the Kazakhstan yeah. Open. I played two. Yeah. Uh, the two, the two, the two best were. I uh, went to Azerbaijan, okay, which was just in the middle of nowhere, the weirdest place ever. This hotel, it's called the Rixos Hotel, and it was like brand new, amazing build, just empty. Like there was like just about forty golfers staying in there or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and then went to Kazakhstan, and that was. Interesting to say the least. Probably you know. a handful of golf courses in the whole country. Exactly. We, country. we we kept having this guy who looked like a drug dealer or something. He just kept coming up to us in a leather jacket, gold teeth, shaking my hand like pretty much it was like every other day and he's like, You play well today, you play well and I like just so strange and yeah, that was interesting. I remember watching you um uh, Big Randy, one of our other guys, and I, we always went down to the Heritage every year. And I remember watching you one year, uh, just we probably watched you for 25 minutes, just hit balls, and we're like, man, he has the best tempo in his swing <laughs> ever. But you didn't try Thank to you. overswing it. You didn't try to – I mean, is that kind of something that you've always had? Or is that something um, that- Yeah. One problem I'm trying to work on the range like this year is I just literally drag a ball, hit, drag a ball, hit, drag a ball. And, like, it's far too quick. So I don't – think i always take in what i'm being told by mm-hmm. my coach whatever and and you know like you say tempo sort of goes then before you know it, you just hit one after another and i've always tried to sort of keep my when my swing when i overswing a little bit it doesn't really help me at all so that's another thing really so it's just like almost try and swing within myself nice and slow and easy and, and keep it short so was it tough when you're paired up with somebody like a Dustin Johnson or Alvaro Quiros or something yeah. like that to yeah. not overswing. Do you know what? I, I, it's, it's not as bad as I thought. I, you know, I always thought I probably would try and try and go after it, but I think like, I, what I like to think is that I make it up for it in other areas. You know, I know a lot of people 
say, you know, oh, you hole every putt you look at, and, and I do put well, you know, statistically I do. So I'd like to just try and keep that in my mind that, you know, you just output him rather than out drive him. At what point in 2016 did you start thinking about Ryder Cup qualification? Every week. Yeah. <laughs> every week. It's that big every a deal. week, yeah. yeah. You know, like, I end the season, I, w- I won the second week of the points, you know, didn't think anything of it. Like, anyway, then have like three top tens at the end of the year in big events. So I'm still up there. And then gets to about, I don't know, February or March. Yeah, probably, no, probably just after April. And it's like, hang on, like, I'm in for getting in the Ryder Cup team here. And then all of a sudden it just became really real. Um, and then every week was like beating myself up, like, oh, I've got to do well, got to do well, got to make that team, got to make that team. And, you know, I was having big discussions with my coach about it. And um, <clears throat> then the first week where we sort of had to sit down and said, you know, look, you've got to just let it go. You know, you just got to play and, and relax. I ended up winning the Nordea Masters. So um, that helped again, it helped me kick along again. And then, um, yeah, when I did close it out, it was such a great feeling you know how would you describe your first Ryder Cup experience that's a tough one yeah that's a tough you one you can let it fly yeah I'm gonna let it fly <laughs> <laughs> um as he looks over was, to his manager to yeah see yeah nah. it was brilliant but disappointed yeah very di- yeah did you know you were gonna sit out the first day or was that a surprise when it happened um it's one of those I kind of went in thinking I was gonna sit out one I didn't expect to set out three personally. Mm-hmm. Now I understand where where it was all coming from. Rookie, not played it before, American turf, all that. But I think the whole thing with it, you know, we never really got a chance. Like me, Thomas, uh, me, Chris Wood, Andy Sullivan, and you know, it would have been nice to just have a chance. The one thing I learned from it was you need to play four ball. Uh, you need to play one of the four ball matches before going to Sunday. That will be my opinion, purely just to play your own ball, just to hole out, you know. But hit every of, shot. Just, yeah, just a bit of pressure. Like, I played a foursomes on Saturday. I've hit probably, well, half the shots, obviously. And like, I'm just not ready to go, you know. I don't know what it's like to hold a six footer. It's, it's, right. You know, it's just weird. It's Did really you, weird. Do you think the 0 and 4 start in the first session changed kind of the plan for any of the pairings or anything no, like that? No, I think Danny Willett's brother changed the, uh, things. <laughs> I really, I really do, you know. Yeah. If, if, if he doesn't write that article, Danny probably plays. Um, you know, Darren's got his ideas. Um, I don't know if the UX team were more excited to play or not, but maybe they're not so excited to play. And um, yeah, I think the, the I think it might have been three one, yeah. you know, maybe two all, whatever. But I think I'm, they might have had a chance in the afternoon to play. You know, yeah, because they sitting will it let the the crowd get even more fired up for when he actually Ex- came well, out? Well, exactly. And it was exactly. ugly. It was terrible. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was out there just in like. In, the, in some of those situations, you're in no position as a media member to say something, but I almost turned around and be like, you, like, stop. Yeah. Like, this I mean, is, this I mean, is golf, you people. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you people. This is golf. It was, like, legitimately <laughs> ugly. And that was kind of like, um, I was living. I was living abroad at the time, and I was. I came back to the States and kind of just looked around, like, in, like, a changing political environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, 
this uh, this is this this is just weird. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was, was kind of like a. I don't know. It, it didn't fill me with like patriotic pride the yeah, way people yeah. conducted themselves. And um, what was like the craziest thing somebody said to you? Or, or the I had a few. Yeah, I had a few. Uh, I had anything that's suitable. For my me. first day. My first. Literally, my f- first hole. Get to the green. Did your mum cut your hair? That was <laughs> that was a good one. I thought that was a good one. That's kind of good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought it was good. And then about well that afternoon i think i was eating a sandwich did your mum cut your crust off that that was that was a good one as well uh, you were, you were 21 late. at the time yeah yeah it? so uh, i mean it works like, yeah exactly That's, those are healthy exactly times. <laughs> yeah so I, I mean it's better than some of the stuff that some of the guys got obviously so. I, that, we want to know what, what was the worst taunt you got or the worst the that, those were the worst oh, I, I mean i got bad. off lightly yeah, yeah. exactly I, I think in my opinion i mean i followed dan because i'm good friends with him and and i followed a few of the other the boys that get a little bit more stick than than uh the most and like obviously it came across badly in the media but i really didn't think it was that bad i don't know whether people didn't expect it to be that bad or what but i went in there with the full mindset that every single one of those fans hates you and basically wants to destroy you and you just got to deal with it i think maybe my soccer background helped a little i was gonna say being english yeah i really i really do because soccer yeah exactly you know i I, my team sheffield united i've been to so many games and you know you see it all the time Mm -hmm. their player misses the ball or or does a bad tackle and all of a sudden the fans are you saying saying everything under the sun and just abusing the guy so i kind of I'm not saying I was used to it, but, you know, I've heard it before. Rory said in his presser today um, just how little the course and the setup did favors for you guys as the European team, which I suppose is part of the plan as, yeah. as a host. But Absolutely. But how, how different it's going to be in France this year as yeah. well. So going back to Hazeltine, I mean, probably just not your – cup of tea as far as the course no. is concerned no no right? absolutely and i think my i think my caddy uh saw davis um maybe the sunday or something or saturday and and davis said uh, how do you like it my caddy was like well sell for you boys and or something like that and he was like yep absolutely so he, i mean literally he, he admitted to it yeah, you know it's and, no secret and it's rightly so like why wouldn't you sell if you want to win the aim of the game is to win and it's not cheating it's just it's just a pure right. slight request so it's funny rose called it the setup on sundays that it was similar to a pro-am at, well at, no at the I, that, yeah, yeah exactly yeah and I, I remember that yeah and and i mean i can't remember too much of the of the, of the sunday but like the Flags, I seem to remember, pretty, pretty central. Yeah, not tucked really. It's a pretty polarizing course as it is. Yeah, too. exactly. I mean, it's. I mean, Tony. Jacklin like I said, Tony Jacklin said it is like a cat. What was it? Cow patch or cow field or something like that. And that's not really what you want said about then, your golf course. And then why? I mean, I I have bad memories because yeah. why? Go did, did to tiger. Did tiger yeah. <laughs> Never forgive him yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, what was it like to get paired with a guy like Henrik Stenson and a veteran? Did he did he say anything in particular to you before you started and during the round about no, nerves, anything I, like that? I think not really. I mean, he's I know he's caddy as well, and obviously he's worked with Pete for such a long time. So we kind of had a bit of a pre-existing relationship, which was good. Um, he's quite a quiet person anyway. Um, so I don't really think that he, he didn't really say much. And for me, don't be wrong. I was nervous, but I kind of put things into perspective. Like I'm not going to hit like amazing shots in my first ever Ryder cup. So, you know, I kind of just sort of tried to deal with it as best I could, but, um, 
you know, he's a good he's a good partner to have because I think the thing is, you know, he's so good tee to green. I sort of had that confidence, like, oh, it's all right, Henrik will, Henrik yeah. will save it. I can hit it anywhere. <laughs> He'll just get it on the green. That's fine. And he keeps it pretty light. Yeah, out there it, yeah. Too. Well, exactly, exactly. Were the nerves as real as everyone says they are, or was it? Yes yeah. and no. Yeah. Um, the first tee, it was more, I think, excitement, nerves rather than like, oh god, this could go anywhere. Like it was just, you just wanted to get going because it was just um, and make putts and sort of fist bump and all that sort of stuff that comes with it. You know, I remember watching uh, Medina, and you know, you're just there like, oh, I want to be part of that, and I've never thought I would be in four years' time. So. In hearing Rory's comments at the press conference today, it seems like you guys are pretty fired up for a rematch. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely do. I, I think... Chomping at the bit to yeah, kind of respond to some of the I think hopefully, confidence. all being well, like, I'd love to make the team. Like, that is my main goal this year. And, and you know, I, I think we will have a strong team. But you kind of do want a bit of revenge, you know. You, you want I want... For me personally as well, playing two matches out of... However, five? Yeah, out of five was really disappointing for me, bearing in mind one's mandatory. So mm-hmm. I kind of just want to get another crack at it, really, because I don't feel I, I was given en- enough chance. Like, I almost want to sort of say, Look, can we just not count that one on my records, <laughs> you know? It's a warm-up. Yeah, exactly. So what's the scouting report on Lake Golf National? don't know if I can share that. <laughs> just from a venue perspective, it like like seeing it on TV, yes. it almost looks kind of like well, TPC Sawgrass or something. No, it's tight and there's water and just yeah. Do you, do you know when I first ever played there it was my first event or one of my first events as a pro. Like, I loved it. the The fairways were lined with gorse and it was really tight. Rough was thick, firm greens. Um, and then obviously when they found out the Ryder Cup was coming, they changed it and they've took it all away and and i've played the french open Uh last year and i was like this is awful like terrible because it's just wide open and you know they're totally playing into the american yeah well (laughs) exactly right so i'm thinking so it it was terrible because they'd taken all and but every single hole pretty much like has a bank either side Mm -hmm. so literally every hole will be like a stadium and that's what's going to be amazing And, and you know why they've done it you can see it but when you get that those holes filled with people it's going to be unbelievable i think it will probably be one of the best like as a venue i think for crowd anyway um eurasia cup how was that it's good fun yeah. yeah it was uh a little trickier than everyone thought i think yeah i i personally thought they were good they were underrated i thought mm-hmm. they were i thought they were going to be better than what everyone Said, so this, so so that's an event in the states where not a whole lot of people. I remember watching it a few years ago. Yeah, and like doesn't get much people coverage. did. People had no idea what yeah. it was. Mm. Um, which a I think they should move it around mm. either in Asia, you know, just in Asia to kind of grow the game over there, but also um, just to get it more exposure in the yeah. states. But yeah, um, how was the course over there in Kuala Lumpur? The, the course is. I mean, it's like a bit of a resort course. Mm-hmm. It's. it's pretty wide open but at the same time the rough's not very it's pretty nasty too like it's quite thick but you know if you're a 60 yard right wide drive you're still in play. You, you know you're still in play yeah, yeah. you know we i played a couple of guys that did that and all right they hack it up by the green and they get up and down because they know the grass so well and they're so good out of chipping you know but if you took it round another golf course you're losing 
four balls and mm-hmm. you're winning holes. And, and that, I had a good conversation with Alex Noren on the Sunday. We were talking about the golf course and why it was a bit closer and stuff. And we, we're used to playing golf courses where they took the pins and it's three from the right and we had a good shot and it's 15 feet. You know, you're not always going to make your 15 footers, but those those guys miss the green and then they're so good at chipping, they they just chip it on and hold the putt. Mm-hmm. So um, that I think that's why they probably had a bit of an so you So you flew here from Malaysia? Yes. And then where were you before that? Uh, Dubai for a couple of days. Okay. And then before that, I was in uh, Florida. Okay. And Florida's home base for you, at it least right now? now? Yeah, yeah, it okay. is now, yeah. How did you decide on Florida? Just The Bears Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It speaks club, for itself, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, the the big thing for me, uh, sort of being at home, like the, my practice facilities are non-existent. You know, uh, there's no best club has a par three course. It has double sided range, two chipping greens, two putting greens. It's, it's good just, weather. I mean, yeah, per- perfect weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's brilliant. You know, yeah. and you can fly in and out pretty easily. Uh, yeah, too, right? yeah, it's not too bad in, in that aspect. And but the thing is with it. You've got Rory, you've got Justin Thomas, you've got Ricky, you've got mm-hmm. all these guys playing there where I'd love to go play nine holes with them, either to pick the brains or to just compete against them just to get me sharper. And um, Not only is there always a game, there's always a game with a top the, Yeah, top exactly, exactly. It's not like you're just going to go play with three, three friends that yeah. are off like six, seven, and eight, you know? So living in Florida now, or at least part-time, how... How do you set your schedule up? Like, you, do you, do you play kind of the Florida swing and then stack those WGCs and then kind of come back over to? to yeah, Europe? so I'm doing February basically till end of May, um, and then I'll go back and back and forth a bit mm-hmm. in between after that. But I'm in America basically from February till May, um, and then uh, I'll I've got a month off basically in February, okay. uh, and then I'll play. Mexico, Valspar, Bay Hill match play. Okay. So cool. Uh, and then, as far as the tournaments that you've won prior, do those kind of dictate what your schedule is moving forward? Like, I know you won the Nordea Masters 2016, like just boat race. To yeah, the field. yeah. <laughs> a little, a little bit, but you know, it is like I've sort of taken the view now, really, that I want to play where I want to play or where I need to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's. My dad being knowing all the stuff about world ranking points, there's, there's going to be occasions over the next few years where we go try play like Japan Open or so, because there's certain events that carry like national opens carry more ranking points. So kind of you're not cheating the system, but they're, they're not going to have a stronger field as you're preaching this to the choir week, here, Sally. Know? This is like Sally's really he's he's up on a pedestal just preaching this. <laughs> you tricky Europeans manipulating the official <laughs> world golf rankings. <laughs> that's what that's what so many people have been saying. Like, oh, look at the world golf rankings. Europe's going to be favored in the Ryder Cup, and I'm like, Euros are manipulating the system. <laughs> and you just admitted it. You're making me so happy. <laughs> Like, yeah, so, but not oh, not everyone does it though. Like not everyone. But no offense to everyone season. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they're not that, as smart. Like, that fall that part smart. of the season, like, is where the Euros like make a huge put because you guys have put, more events. Yeah, yeah. Like, at the end of the year, a ton year, of events, yeah, ton yeah. of points and stuff like that. It's yeah. not necessarily manipulation, but it is like end of the year rankings, which decides where you get into some events that's for the next year. Yeah, that's like very a, true. A strong Europe push. Sally's still salty that Alex Noren was like ninth in the world. 
that's a separate topic. <laughs> but, hey, uh, he won four times in a year. I know. You gotta give it credit to him. I and know. the four that he won were good four. They times. were. They totally were. So. The knock was never on Norin. It's just like the way the rankings work. Just like the you, tournaments. Though. Yeah. No. No. It's just like the, if you win a bunch, and it, it's not the best case, but the point is, like, if you win a bunch of events, like on the European tour, you can get, like if you get. I think there was one week where, you know, you win, you get 24 points or something like that. And somebody finished a shot out of the playoff in like the Valspar. I remember this. And they got like four points and they, the, the, what, cause they finished like tied fourth because yeah. it was a three way tie. And like, so with a much, much better feel, yeah. you get so many less points. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. And I, I mean, I know Grace and Maureen, Kelly Craft, mm-hmm. we yeah, they were on the bandwagon of, of this, which right. I understand. And, you know, I do. I do. For agree. the record, I'm on your side. <laughs> no, I I agree. Like it, the the fields here are probably you know we get like this week's a great example. DJ comes over, Rosie comes over, uh, Rory's here. All of a sudden, the points are just bumped up. Yeah. You know, so it only takes a, a European to have a good week, finishes second, picks up. I don't know, say. 20 ranking points and he's just flying he's flying up there you know right. whereas it, but there's value in if you every week in the US though has Ricky DJ yeah. Justin yeah. you know Spieth all those boys that's the thing and, is, is if you're beating a huge sum of some of the top players there should be a ton of value in that yeah. if you win a lower ranked European tour event that may not have anyone from the top 100 top, yeah, in the world yeah, 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 yeah. you get a ton of points no, no matter what that's kind of my argument's agree, always yeah, been but no. It's I don't know when you're kind of splitting hairs when you get into that top mess. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It's there's not the world rankings aren't like holding anybody in particular back. Yeah. I mean, there's it's it's just kind of something. It's the, not the, perfect. The but. company I use for stats they have like a performance ranking, so they like do it a little bit different and and like literally mine has been worse than my official world ranking, and that that the they've got a lot of guys that are that and there's mm-hmm. there's very few that are better than the world ranking so well i wouldn't mind it if you know so there's you know kepka and uline those guys like the american guys that have kind yeah. of bypassed playing the web tour to go play yeah. in europe i think that's i think it's fantastic i think it's that's great for you i think that's smarter yeah right? and you know i think you probably learn a bit more yeah right? it makes a little more sense um i'm getting near the end of my questions you got any more yeah um all right defending in sweden you came in second was that what was that experience like? Just, uh, I mean, did you kind of crack the code on defending? I know that's <laughs> just kind of. I wish. Just kind of looking at at what what all Fleetwood had to do today was remarkable. Like all the all the the obligations and everything was just wild. Um, you know, he was just being ferried around from place to place to place. Today. I think it. I think it depends on the thing. Like even DP Will's the biggest one I won mm-hmm. and even defending that last year and that's Dubai right? yeah, yeah yeah even defending that last year that wasn't it wasn't that bad I, I really I think it depends on what which tournament and some of that win. today too was probably he got the player of the year yeah award yeah well, well, exactly so, yeah. but I know yeah. British Masters the year after won that that was pretty that was mm-hmm. pretty busy you know he got a lot of interviews got to play this and the pro-am and do this thing and that was pretty busy but um you know, I think you'd be an idiot to complain that you got to do all that. You know, I'd take I'd take winning every year and, yeah, and having true. to do that the following year, you know. But it is, I don't know. I don't know if in Europe the guys have to do more than they do in America. It seems that way when I'm over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that's actually the case. Uh, favorite course in England? 
Oh, favourite course in England. Uh, probably Woburn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I won round there, but um, it's just, I just really like his tree line. It reminds me a lot of Harbour Town. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd probably go with that. I was gonna say like, you're you're bound to win Harbour Town. Uh, honestly, <laughs> if I won Harbour Town, I may retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that has always been the goal. Like growing up, we were there on holiday all the time. We'd always mm. watch the tournament. And then Such to play a great it, oh, so I love back, it. And, and to miss the cut these last two years as a pro, like I'm so. Angry. Do you think you've gotten <laughs> almost too excited for it? Yeah, maybe, too, maybe. Yeah. I, I think I really think the Masters takes it a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. I think certainly the year after I finished seventh, sort of I got to Harbour Town, and I was a bit like, I was like, almost, do I have to play? And then I was like, eh, it doesn't matter if I miss the cut here, which which is not really a great way, obviously, looking at it, but it's kind of just that master's buzz you still are coming off that and mm-hmm. you're a bit like I could better now, to have a week off yeah. all this, yeah. but all, at the same time like I love the event so much I would never I would almost never miss it really you're going to start skipping the masters yeah. to prep for Harbour Town yeah. <laughs> absolutely um, <laughs> no that's a life anyone from the masters is listening have you always <laughs> kind of uh, looked up to Luke Donald as a mentor like was was that part of going to uh, not not really no really? like don't I respect Luke a lot mm-hmm. he's been great player he still is a great player and um but who's kind of taking you under their wing the most uh, i mean I've, probably more because i admired him from afar is martin keimer really, really? Uh, i've just become really good friends with martin and um you know he's a two-time major winner and i think people forget that a lot mm-hmm. um he, he's a great guy works really really hard uh, and he's very, very genuine. You know, I'm, I met a lot of these guys, and you know, you play rounds with them on the golf course, and and then you'll see him after, and it's like you won't get anything out of them really. And um, yeah, he seems like he has a life. Yeah, off the course he, he as does. Well. He, he yeah. does. And um, he, he, yeah, he's just, he's just a, he's just a really good, good guy. He's looking to it for a girlfriend at the minute. If anyone's listening, so. You know. <laughs> uh, last time you paid for a round of golf. Uh, this always gets everybody. Yeah, I know the answer to this though. The only one I can really think of is like the West Palm Beach Par Three that I played like two Christmases ago. Okay, that's the only one I can really think of. Uh, What tournament in the states have you not played yet that you really want to? get to um memorial okay absolutely yeah. memorial this is yeah you're talking to absolutely I'm from dublin ohio so oh okay that was, perfect. That was yeah it's my ears so um all right i think on that we're gonna wrap it up all thank right. you perfect. Uh, no. thank you for uh well tron and i had to share a microphone in this one because we had some technical issues if you couldn't tell i waited till the end to say it because i didn't <laughs> want people to notice it until then but uh matt matt thank you for the time and uh best of luck this week there is actually a well-known no laying up podcast bump for the week that you do the interview. Oh, so actually, I had some people messaging me this week saying, "Who am I interviewing this week?" Because they want to bet on you. So a lot of people, <laughs> people All are right, going to be perfect. placing bets on you to I win hope, this week. I hope so. I hope it works out. One last question: Any uh, how how much of a menace is Kiradek Apibonrat? Like, <laughs> like, like he just looked like he was tearing it up in the team rooms this week, and like, well, it's just, fu- just vaping all over the place. It's funny. I mean, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, 
You made a little bit of a mistake last week, but putting that first out, first point against Paul Casey and Fleetwood, I think, and you don't want to get Just PC mad. You don't want to get Paul Casey fired up. Not all. So that didn't end well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I just had to ask. No. All right, we'll wrap it at that. Thank you for the time, man. And best no of luck problem. this week. Cheers. Thank you very much. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.